It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. I tell people all the time, stop being passive with content. Stop overthinking it. Just do it. Just do it. You know, I tell myself this every day. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right. There we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I am extremely excited about my next guest, the one and only Josh alias one of the easiest names to pronounce in hip-hop which i love makes my life so much easier i've had some tough names that i always get wrong so i appreciate you making it simple for me um and for anyone that's not aware the co-founder of the rising new york creative uh i think it's the new york creative content rap collective it's yeah. that's a word uh, a mouthful but it's the urban architectic uh the urban architectics New York. You see, as soon as I was happy that I could pronounce your name, I stopped being able to speak. <laughs> no, it's cool, um, brother. It's urban <laughs> um, architects, New York. Urban yeah. ar- architects um, from New York. Um, and you've also got songs with Freddie Gibbs, The Game. You've had cosigns from like Fat Joe, Jada Kiss. So, man, it's pretty impressive. And you've also got a new single, No Regrets, that came out recently. So, um, things are happening for you. It's not like yeah, you're standing still, so it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Dude, it's a pleasure to be here, man. Thank you for uh, spending some time to get to know me, bro. I appreciate it. No worries. Well, I'm always interested in people like who start their own business and start their own like company because yeah. it's one thing to go into the business world. It's another thing to go into hip-hop and then be like, oh, you know what? I think I can make a business out of this. Correct. Yeah. It wasn't easy. I'll tell you that. It was a lot of learning. You know what I mean? So, but it's exciting, bro. It was, uh, you know, if you want to know a little about how that process went, um, long story short, like just a couple of years ago, um, you know, I was in a lot of different rap groups and um, those didn't end up working. And then um, I met two other artists. I knew them before actually from the collapsed rap groups. There were like a couple, there was two different rap groups that collapsed. And from each rap group, there's one member that I connected with a little more musically and sonically. And these were also my friends. Um, so we like started four years ago, dropped our first album. We took it really serious. Like that was our like um, thing to the world, our like Illmatic to the world, as you would call it. And um, yeah, man, did a lot of promotion. We had no fans. We had no looks, no connections, no nothing. You know what I mean? We all were like all over the place. And luckily that album started doing really well. Big, big, um, picking up a lot of traction globally, and from there, um, you know, I have so many friends that rap. I just wanted to convert it from like just a rap group to like a big collective, um, because we work with so many of our friends who are producers, who are rappers, singers, engineers, like videographers, editors. So I kind of transitioned it from the group after we got a little success. And people were people were really liking like our aesthetics, our visuals. We did everything in the house, our beats. So from there, I was like, okay, this is all. This is not just me and my two rapper friends. This is all our homies doing it together. So I just we I converted it into like a label collective. And um, yeah, man, it's been it's been good so far. It gives us a lot of free reign, um, a lot of control over our music, and also it's what we've always done. We just officially transitioned it into a label-esque, you know what I'm saying, thing. So, but yeah, man, it's been good. It kind of feels like a Tech 9 type, you know, strangulation mm. vibe, right? Because that's what he did. He yeah. just has a bunch of rappers. He has his own sound. He has his own just catalog, and no one can replicate it because everyone is signed to him, and he just has this, like, bubble of fans and so is that is that what you have right now 
well, not obviously not to the same level. I mean, Tech Nine has been doing this for like what is it, twenty years or something? Yeah, like long that? time, very yeah. long. Time. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, but you pretty much hit on the head. Like the people in my rap group, we all have our own styles, but whenever we get on a song together, we always have the same type of vibe. Like we feed off each other because all these people. I think it's really important for people to understand. Like we didn't just get into business together. You know what I'm saying? We were friends for a long time. We've been freestyling for years. We've lived life together as homies, you know what I'm saying, as, as, as friends. So when it converted into like a business thing, like and music thing, it was just natural. So like, I feel like I don't really know anyone who has like an urban architect sound. There are people who are similar, you know what I mean? But like the topics we're choosing, the beats we're choosing, um, where we're repping, like the places we're talking about in New York specifically, hasn't really been done before so naturally it just ended up being like you know like a tech nine um the group situation but yeah no that's kind of really what it was that's that's a good comparison i would say did you see anyone else doing that that you modeled it afterwards um no not really because there, like in new york there are like rap groups that we're obviously know about like there's collectives you know what i mean like you know um pro era whoever else like uh whatever whoever asap so there are collectives but um i guess subconsciously maybe a little influence like we always i personally like i founded the group i always knew like a group if coming into the game as a group as like a force is always like a cooler thing or will connect with people more sometimes than like a solo artist at least when we like started out i always thought that was the thing i wanted to like attack it as a group and then start branching out on our separate careers um but yeah man but the thing is we also do like i don't know how much of these collectives are like taking all their photos you know we're very uh, we're also like an aesthetic group too you know i mean we sell merch and we design all the merch we're doing like photos like new york culture we're like repping it on a full list so the way we do it is definitely different than them you know shout out to all of them but i think they're 100 percent music based we are 100 percent music based but at the same time we like to have control over everything. You know what I mean? From top to bottom. You know what I mean? So I think that's a little yeah. different. But yeah. yeah. You're diversifying the the people who are in your camp. It's not just artists. Well, they're, exactly. they're not just musicians. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Not just musicians. Like editors. Um, you know, they're nine. I would say most of them are, are musicians. You know what I mean? But they also have other talents. Like they're producers as well. Like some of them are only making music and then some of them are doing like producing, singing, playing piano, you know what I mean? Like all the shit like that. So, Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you thought that a rap group was yeah. the best way to come into the industry. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why a rap group specifically? Because I see a lot of rap groups coming out yeah. and inevitably – a lot of them fall apart because they're not working well together and the plan of having like the almost the Wu-Tang model of yeah. we come in and kill it and then we go off and do our separate albums and come back doesn't work out. So yeah. I'm interested to know why you were so set on the rap group model, especially because you were in rap groups before and obviously they kind of fell apart at some point as well. Man, um, I think the reason, like for my head, I just, it, I think people connect to like the concept of a squad being like-minded, like everyone, like a movement, you know what I mean? Sometimes like the concept of a movement goes very far, really fast, right? Because if it's one person, it's cool. Like you have your little thing going on, you have like core fans and stuff. But when it's like a group of people who are walking with the same message, dressed in the same type of style, and you can just look at them, you could tell like they're on the same type of shit. You know what I mean? It kind of like gives you like, oh, I want to be a part of that. Oh, like I like what they're doing. I like their style. Like they're, I want to be part of their friend group. We used to get that all the time. You know what I mean? Like even now, we're like, I wish I was part of the Urban Architects, or like I wish. Uh, I, you guys can let me in. We still get DMs like, yo, can you let us in and stuff like that. We love your aesthetic, your vibe. So I think long story short, in my opinion, it's because of like that concept of a movement. Like it's not just one person standing for something. It's like a little 
<clears throat> group, a set, like, and then as you get bigger, it's like almost like a, a army of people who rep the same kind of thing. So I think that's why it stands out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, Would you yeah. let people in? Like, how do how do people become members? Like, you know, it's pretty cool to have people hit you up and be, "Hey, can I uh, can I join?" I mean, I have some people hit me up and go, "Can I come on the podcast?" Oh, yeah, so right. when that happens, I'm like, like I appreciate it, but you're not you there yet. There are some people. It's just, I think it's like a level. Like you got to get to a level before you consider it. I'm sure it's probably similar now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't really, the only way anyone could ever get into Urban Architects is if I know them personally, you know what I mean? Um, I have a lot of friends over the internet I've made music with and stuff like that, but the things that Urban stands for are like, we're talking about like spiritual stuff, we're talking about like mental health, we're talking about like New York street life, like stuff like, you know what I mean? So it's like, first off, if you're not from New York, it's you're not going to relate to urban architects new york city music you know what i mean so that's one like, well that's very I, upsetting i gotta say yeah. because you've ruled me out and my <laughs> ability to join the crew yeah <laughs> but hey we got a lot of affiliates we got a lot of extended i like to call them extended ua so extended ua is what we call like like the really really core supporters um who like we either never met or like we have a lot of producers overseas that send us beats so we call them extended UA. Anyone supporting the movement, we call them extended UA. Just because you're not in the studio like every day with us personally doesn't mean it's not. Like that's the movement. You know what I mean? It's like the extended family and stuff like that. So yeah, man, right. you're definitely extended right. UA. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> extended UA. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. But that's that's really it, bro. You know what I mean? I just because I can't really I, I collab with people. But for you to be able to be urban architect, like this is also like a business. You know what I mean? I need to see that you're like motivated. Like a lot of people like making music, but there's a lot of business that goes into this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, are you willing to invest some of your money into the group? Are you inv- are you willing to invest your time into the group? Are you willing to cancel your plans with, I don't know, like your homies or like a friend or whatever to come to the studio or come to this video shoot? Are you going to be on time? Like, you know, like, there's a lot of people I know that are talented. I can tell you a hundred rappers I want to sign that are my friends, but no shots or no disrespect. Not all of them have what it takes to be a business, like as an artist, you know what I'm saying? They're all artists, but it's a different type of person that can make this into a business. And that's really like what I look for, you know? I think it's really funny because I agree with you, but there is this, way of thinking about artists and what an artist is and what a rapper is and for whatever reason organized and timely and sticking to their word are not things that you generally associate with the artist so i mean i've had plenty of people just not show up say they'll come at a certain time they're late and i get that happens but I 100% agree that there is a different type of discipline when the person is like, I'm going to be here at this time and they're there because I'm like that. I, I'm a super, super timely person. I think it's a sign of respect to the people that you're showing up to is I respect your time and your energy and your effort and therefore I will be there on time. So I think there is also part of that that flows into business, that if you're meeting with people they're going to be like, you're 10 minutes late, I cancelled the meeting already. We're not doing this. It's a exactly. show of disrespect. So, like, there's there's definitely a part of that. And for anyone who wants to do well, they have to get the basics right of yeah. be on time. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better, man. And that's really important for me. You know what I mean? And anyone who knows me personally, I might be the last person to try to, but I'm, I have a very, very busy life. I know we all do, but I have my hand in so many different pockets. So I am, and I'm all over the place mentally. So I'm late a lot, but what I'm not late to is anything music related for the most part. And that's because with all the pockets I'm in and all the situations I'm doing, I prioritize music the highest. So um, yeah, I'll be late to a couple studio sessions, but like, but that's usually because he's my friend. But if it's like a new studio engineer or a very um, big studio engineer and 
he's not like my homie or if it's like a new videographer or if it's like a podcast or if it's like some type of media I try not to be late because in this music game as you know like it's relationships as well and first impressions do matter you know what I mean this is a business like so I'll be on timely but if like my group members are not timely it might not look the best for that publication for that studio engineer for that video guy and that might affect our business relationship in the future now he might connect us to lateness and oh maybe i won't take him because last time we had to push this video three hours or whatever so i just i think first impressions are important in the music game so i just try to be respectful you know what i'm saying because i hate when people mess up with my time you know what i mean because we're all busy so if we have like an allocated time i just like you know i try to give people respect like they give me respect you know so and communication, uh, yeah. the, like, and I always say to people, I get it. Traffic, shit happens, life happens. Life happens. Sometimes you're on time and then you can't take the turn that you usually take and you have to go the long way around. It exactly. happens. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I think communication is the key. So there is a way to be late and professional. You know what I mean? And yeah. they go hand in hand. And I think it's all about when you walk in the room do I feel like you are about your business and you are taking this seriously? Exactly. Because there are definitely artists, as you said, and there are definitely lots of people who are just like, I'm just doing it for fun. And yeah. if it happens, it happens. I'm happy. And if it doesn't, eh. Like I'm exactly. just throwing my hat in the ring as opposed to I'm going to make this happen no matter what, which is what I feel like you're doing right now. You're, yeah. you're going, we have to make this work and I'm going to make this work no matter what. I will cancel my plans to make sure that i make this work couldn't have said it better yeah you got to do that shit you got to walk you got to. a lot of people are artists especially in new york i see it all the time and no disrespect to anybody but you got to walk like you're an artist like you are literally like you are demanding people's attention you know that you're in a competitive ass thing where everyone's an artist and people are making music how don't i know you that you're a rapper you know what i mean why aren't you introducing yourself as a rapper don't say my name is Josh Alias. My name is Josh Alias. I'm an artist. You know what I mean? You, I make music. Like, that's what I'm trying to do more of because I used to be very introverted. You know what I mean? And in some cases, I still am. But now, like, the way I walk around, the way I carry myself, every new room I'm in, I kind of, like, make sure everybody knows what I do. I'm an artist because you never know who you're going to meet. And people respect that. And I've gotten good opportunities, good business relationships. And I've gotten, like, money. I, you know what I mean? Like, from me carrying myself as an artist at all times. So, yeah. Yeah. See, I think about that and I, I don't do that personally. I don't introduce myself and be like, hey, I'm Aaron, I'm a podcaster. Yeah. I, like, when I it feel... seems fit. Like, yeah. yeah. It seems, it's, not, <laughs> yeah. it's not like I'm at the deli. I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, let me get a bacon, egg, and cheese. By the way, I'm a rapper. You know what I mean? It, it's <laughs> it's more like in, in the situations where, um, like, oh, what do you do? Or, like, what's up? Or, like, just small communications. I'll if I feel there's a place I can plug in what I do, and that I'm a music like an artist, I will plug it in without being like I'm a rapper. Look at me, you know what I mean? I try to do it where it feels like you got to use discernment, you know what I mean? But um, in other words, I'm not shy with what I do, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the difference, not being yeah. shy. But I'm sure you get the same questions from a lot of people. Like it's a rote question. Yeah. And there's it's the same response. I get it a lot. Yeah. It's just like I can script it of how a lot of the conversations will go. So I've got just it'll like literally go like that step for step. And I've told people exactly how conversations are going to go. And they've seen it happen. And it's crazy. Like <laughs> it feels weird. It feels like a mind control trick. But yeah. it's just like you can start to see what the patterns are in how people react. Dude, I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, it, it gets a little, you know, repetitive. But at the same time, it's also like a compliment in its own way. You know what I mean? Like, we know what we signed up for. You knew when you were becoming, like, you know, a podcaster or, uh, you know, into media, you knew what came with that. And when I became an artist, I knew what came with that. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, sometimes it is repetitive, but I try to take everything, like, with a grain of salt and just be appreciative of it. Because the fact that people are even asking me same questions mean I'm doing what I'm doing right. Like what I intended to do, I'm doing it successfully because, yeah, it's the same questions. But, hey, it's a question about something I dreamt of doing. So it's like I try to take it like with some appreciation too. 
How did your family react when this was a, a dream? Like when you verbalized, this is what I'm going to do. Because I know about my family and they would be like, like I, I support you, but yeah. also what are you doing? Because you turn your back on everything else to go in full time. Man, that's a great question. So I come from extremely like religious, ethnic household, as many people know, you know what I mean? Culturally ethnic. Everyone's like trying to be a doctor or whatever, you know? So when um I started making music at a really young age and like that conflicted with a lot of the things my family did because I was like canceling things for school and cutting class really just to do music stuff. So I was doing this at an early age and I think over the years, they just like, just like were annoyed. They were always annoyed by it, but they started to accept it. Um, I think when I started seeing success with Urban Architects um, is when they started taking it more serious. You know what I mean? Like when I started getting messages, when we got a buzz, like every day we were getting DMs. There was a kid who like tattooed lyrics on him of us. You know what I mean? There was like, we were selling merch. We were getting we got like a million streams. I'll never forget. We got our first million listens on the song. I showed my, my mom, you know what I mean? Like when stuff started happening, they were like, okay, he's backing it up, you know? Cause your parents are just concerned. They just don't want you to be a mess up. You know what I mean? A lot of people chase the music and they don't put the right time or and stuff and then they fail. And then now they're back to square one. You know, I went to college. You know what I mean, I wasn't the best student, but I, I did college. I always had a side job. I was always grinding so I could afford to chase music. So the worst came to worst, if music didn't work out, I had so many backups because I would, I wasn't like the type of dude like, yeah, I did all the music, but I made sure I had a lot of safety nets, you know what I'm saying? So when music started working out and they started seeing the reception and they've noticed, like they've been, my mom's been around me when, when someone's noticed me, like, oh, are you Josh Alias? You know what I mean? Like, she's like, whoa, like this is kind of getting a little real. So, and I think that's when they started being like, okay, I see what you're doing, you know? And then I started doing taxes for music and now they're like, oh, snap, like, you know, like they can't really say much, you know what I mean? And they notice my passion. No matter they, they can't say anything that would stop me. So at this point they accept it, you know. So yeah. Did you feel like they wanted you to stop at some point? Hundred million percent. My family wanted me to stop music in so many ways, so many times, all the time. Like that's one of the uh, you know, and they didn't mean it from a bad place, and I understand it came from a place of honest, genuine concern. But I was never going to stop. And they kind of like accepted it, you know, um, you know, in reality, music helped me more than they actually know. You know what I mean? Like it kind of music really saved my life, but like they don't really see it like that. Cause I have, we don't open up about those type of things. It's like a deep conversation, but if it, if it wasn't for music, I don't know where I'd be. So if they really knew the situation and the interwindings of my life and how this all went, they would be so glad that I did music, you know? Yeah. It's, I wonder if they would benefit from that insight, you know? Yeah, maybe one day. Maybe one day when I'm exactly where I need to be and their houses are paid off, you know what I mean? And, like, car, I got to do car. Maybe then I'll be like, this is what I actually had to do to get here. Like, this is what I was doing until 3 in the morning in the studio. This is what I was, you know, cutting class for. Maybe at that point they'll know, like, what really went on behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting how people, they want what's best for you. Yeah. But by doing that, they want you to play the safe route. Facts. And they yeah. don't want you to take the risk. And so strange. And, and like, I really understand it because I think when someone asks me for advice, I'm always like, well, the safe bet is this road. Mm. That's the safe bet. That yeah. is you're likely to have the best outcomes in terms of guaranteed outcomes. Yeah. The road less traveled may have better outcomes, but it's risky and you've got to be willing to take the risks. So yeah. if you want to take the risks, go for it, but know that you might end up broke. If you're, if you're okay with that and you want to go for it, go for it. But if you're not okay with that, then you've got to play the safe because it's like, or you got to make a choice. I'm going down the risky route and I'm not stopping until I make become successful, whatever successful looks like. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. But no risk is no reward, you know, and 
I tell all my friends this as well, like regret is a killer. That's kind of what the song I just dropped with homage, like was talking about, but you don't want to get to a place where your life has passed you by. You have mad, much more responsibilities and your life has changed so drastically where you have no time to follow your dreams. So while you have the time, because as you get older, you have less time. That's just how it goes. You're going to have more things on your plate. So while you're young, go for your dreams. Take those risks. Invest that money. You're going to lose money. You're going to lose time. You're going to lose friends. But I'm fine with all that. God forbid, 10 years from now, I look back in my life and I didn't get the success I wanted or the career I wanted. At least I could sleep at night knowing I gave it my all. You know what I'm saying? That I invested my time, my resources, and my heart into it. You know, opposed to being like, I let those that time pass me by. And now at this age or where I'm at now in life, I could never chase a music career or chase my dreams. You know, I think everybody has a purpose on this earth. And one of that is like, if you feel like something naturally is your dream, you got to go for it, man. Because if you don't go for it, you're going to lose a chance to go for it. And then and then you're going to live with that regret until your last day. And I, I got to I'll deal with a lot of things, but regret is not something I, I don't I want to deal with, you know. I actually agree with you so much. I was thinking about this this morning when I was getting up to do this. So I set my alarm for 4.50 this morning to get up. We started at 6 a.m. my time. So, But I thought as I was getting dressed, I was like, I am so happy that I'm doing this right now because yeah. I, get, I will get to turn around and go, I got up, did a podcast. I'm going to head to the gym after this. I'm going to go to the gym. And I'm going to do all that before most people are up. And there is something about that that I'll be able to turn around in my life and go, you know what? I committed to doing something that people were not willing to do. There's some joy in that. There's something that like it gave me some satisfaction. There's not much that makes me satisfied with myself because I always want to do more. But I think if you're satisfied with the work and the work ethic and the things that you're doing, yeah. That will make it easier. That that's just what I literally felt this morning. It's so funny that we're talking about it now. That it's yeah. I love that feeling of I'm I'm gonna outwork people. And I saw a stat on uh, on Spotify. I created more content than ninety seven percent of the people in my genre Dude, over the past amazing. year. And I was like, I'm gonna outwork you. I'm just gonna. We're never gonna stop. That's 100%. the attitude. And I think I think we're getting along now because we both seem to seem feel the same way. But it's like yeah. I will outwork you, and there's and I'm never going to stop, and I'm going to do this by myself, and I don't need a label. I can just go off and do it myself, and no one's going to say no to me because I control it all. So there's something amazing and empowering about that. Dude, I love that energy. Yeah, man, you gotta just you gotta carry yourself. We can do everything ourselves, man. There's nothing you can't learn with the internet or books that you that these bigger labels or companies can offer you. And, you know, I think about this all the time. Like, there's people that get, like, one to hit. You know what I mean? I see it all the time, like, on social media. Like, people I, I see around, they just blow up out of nowhere because they have, like, a, a club single or something, like, turned up or whatever. And that's not really my style. So, hey, if I, if I can win with a gimmick or, like, succeed – with something that's trendy, forget it. I'm gonna just work harder than anyone who did something trendy with no effort. I'm gonna oh, go off, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I go to the studio like two, not to like talk about it all, like gas myself up, but I have like 300 songs in the vault, you know what I mean? Like easy. And that's, and I could do that for as rest of, like for years. And not to say like I'm better than anyone, but like I'm willing to put that work in. I'm willing to, you know, do what I'm doing and keep on going until I'm where I'm at. Cause I know like any success I've ever gotten was never handed out. You know what I mean? I, I like to wrap up by that a lot. Like no one gave me a handout. No one gave me a cosign. No one was writing on me. Nobody did anything. Any success I've ever had has been just me and my crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, what's that quote? I think there's a quote. Is it a hundred thousand hours or a yeah. hundred thousand hours makes you uh, a master at your craft? Yeah. And I spent way over a hundred thousand hours at this shit. So <laughs> so I can talk my shit a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I put my I put the work in so I can, I'm confident in what I speak because I know I really put the time in, you know. I didn't I didn't get an easy way out. I didn't get an easy way to make this work. 
You know, I still haven't figured out everything, but the difference is with my mentality, like I'm going to figure it out eventually. And I'm not going to rely on someone to give me the answers because I never was like that. So, Do you know what I realized recently is, and I was listening to a, to a podcast, a Lex Friedman podcast, and I ended up talking about the language of mistakes and mistakes are bad. And that's the, that's the connotation that we have with mistakes. But in reality, we should look at mistakes as lessons. And so if you change the, the mindset of, I don't make mistakes, I learn lessons, yeah. and you legitimately learn from them, then you will never be scared to try shit. Because from my own experience, I make mistakes and learn lessons every single day I do this. There is no point where I'm like, oh, I've got it figured out. I'm always like, this needs to get better. I need to improve this. Oh, this didn't work. Let's try this. Let's keep figuring it out. And I think people are scared of making mistakes because it's associated with bad stuff. You just got to reframe it. And it just changed my whole mindset of, I don't make mistakes. I learn those lessons because I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. I carry myself with the same quote. I, I, I always tell myself, no regrets, only lessons, you know, because experience really is the best teacher, especially, I don't know how you are, but I'm like a really hard headed, stubborn kind of guy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think that's why we do this. And yeah. that's why we came up. Like you don't start a label and a collective without being a hard-headed motherfucker because exactly. it's not easy. If you if you let people walk over you as if you were able to start something like that, that's not it's not possible if you if you're like, no, I'm doing this. So mm-hmm. yeah, you <laughs> I think it was it was be. obvious that you were like, man, I'm stubborn, especially when your parents don't want you to do hip hop. You're doing hip hop. You're in rap groups, they fall apart. You start your own rap groups. You've done, you know, you got two to three hundred tracks. Yeah, I think uh, you're definitely right when it comes to a little bit hard-headed. <laughs> yeah, man. And all it is is, like, you need to learn how to channel your, like, in quotes, flaws or whatever into something positive. So I use, like, my hard-headedness um, to do the stuff myself and learn the hard way. I've learned the hard way so many times that now when I approach those things, I approach it with such, uh, like, situational awareness I already know what could go wrong, the results of what's going to go wrong, and the reward of doing it right, you know, because I've already been through that road so many times. So, and then it's also like, it helps you to be a type of person to give other people advice, you know, because you really relate to someone when they've been through it themselves, you know what I mean? Like, when they had, like, it's like an example, like a funny example, is like a pastor, like the pastor that really gets to the kids or whatever, or like, a drug counselor or whatever are the ones who were bad, you know what I mean? Who did the drugs, who did the wild stuff. And then they can come with you from a different perspective. No one wants to hear advice from a drug counselor who's been sober his whole life. You know what I mean? Like, like, what do you know about what I've been through? What do you know about the situation? You know? So I think when you go through it and learn the hard way, it gives you like a good place to help other people avoid those mistakes. You know? I'm sure you get advice from people who are not musicians telling you what you should do. Dude, I can talk about that all day, man. It's funny. I have an album dropping next month called Faith, and um, one of the songs on yeah, it twenty second of December, right? Your birthday? Yeah, on my yeah. birthday. Good guy, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny. I have a song on that album called uh, No Advice, and the whole song is literally about I'm not taking any advice anymore. You know what I mean? Like from people that need it more than me. You know, like respectfully. Like a lot of people like to give me advice who haven't walk this path I'm going down, who haven't seen half the things I've seen, who haven't even done music to the extent I've done music. So like I'm I'm a humble dude. I know I could get better with music. I'm not saying I got it all figured out. I don't. But I'm only gonna listen to people who have succeeded past me at this point or who can give me wisdom and I'm seeing what they're doing and it inspires me. I'm not listening to anyone who hasn't done a third of the accomplishments or put half the hours of work I've done because it's you you're gonna lead me astray man you're gonna leave me off my path so yeah, yeah. and it's like why don't you put the advice you're giving me into practice and then come back to me let's see if it works as opposed to you with your nothing giving giving me advice and telling me what to do yeah I, 
I think it's easy to dish it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's always going to happen. But actually, something I wanted to ask you about was Freddie Gibbs. Speaking about people who can give advice, he's one of them. Yes. How did that come about that you got Freddie Gibbs? And then what was the experience like? Man, so it was really cool, man. So, so I, through Urban Architects, um, there was this, so there's this dude who figured like his name is Adam Snow. He's a, like a big producer in LA. Um, he hit up the Urban Architects account when I was logged in, and funny enough, I'm like familiar. I was familiar with his music from like SoundCloud days, and I knew of his work because like he had a couple songs out on YouTube that I listened to all the time. So he reached out on Instagram to Urban Architects, says I love your music. And, um, you know, and I was like, dude, this is dope. So I was I'm like, yo, you're actually talking to Josh Elias from the group. I specifically am a fan of you. You know, um, let's talk on my other account. So we talked on Josh Elias' account. We chopped it up, got in the phone. Like, we built a friendship. You know what I mean? Like, we built a homie friendship. Um, and he was cool, man. And then I stopped talking to him for a little bit. I got caught up with life, and I was working on some music at the time. And then um, I think, like, out of nowhere, he just hit me up. He's like, yo, I want you on the song with Freddie. Are you down? And I just said, bro, like we've only known each other for a couple of weeks at this point. But I think the vibe was so genuine, like through our co- like minimum conversations. And he like really like liked what I was doing that he just asked me. And I was like, bro, are you kidding me? Like, what is, is that even a question? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then, yeah, it was a great experience, man. Like he sent me the song. Um, Freddie was already on it. So I didn't really like interact with him personally, like in that way. But um, I've heard, like I spoke to Adam who spoke to Freddie and his management and they were cool with the drop. They even shared it. They shared the song a few times. So man, it was a great experience. And, I, and what I really learned from that experience is like, ah, man, how do I say this? Like I could do anything. Like I could hang with anyone. You know what I mean? Like even if you have like global success, I have a lot of respect for Freddie and everyone, but I know like I look at them as my equal, especially on a track. You know what I mean? Like I think on that song, I hanged with him and, and anyone else. I, I think I can hang with anyone. And that's just something that reminded me, like, even if they're a bigger artist, I wasn't like starstruck. I wasn't like, you know, anything about the, the, the concept of the song. I just wanted to approach it as Josh Alias, you know? And like everything I said on that song was what I would say in my normal raps anyway, you know? Maybe I, I tried a little harder to make it nicer, you know what I mean? Like a little, spend a little extra 15 minutes or something. But at the same time, I still... I didn't change up my formula, my thought process and how I made music. I just wanted to keep it me, you know? Yeah. So it was cool though. It was, it was a blessing. I love so the I, idea I, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that that had to be like, Hey, do you want to be on this song with this legendary artist, Freddie Gibbs? Yeah. And you would yeah. ever say no to that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it like, a, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, how would I say no, man? You know, that's, that was a beautiful question. It was so cool how he asked. It's like, a random text like, oh, you want to do that? I'm like, yeah, man, please. Oh, it would be so funny if you're like, uh, can I think about it first? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like play, yeah, play hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there is I'll no chance. I'll about 48 hours. Yeah, no. I, if I get that text, I am responding immediately and going 100% yes. 100%, yeah. Always bro. assume yes in this scenario. Exactly. No, I was in there, bro. I was like, yep, don't even say it. I sent back the verse within like a couple of days, man. I didn't even want to waste time. So yeah. Was it a brand new verse? Um, for mine? Yeah. Oh yeah. I write all my verses after I get the beat. You know what I mean? I don't like I never I was never the type of dude who like wrote verses in my notebook to like no beat and then try to like adjust it over a beat. I think I'm very into like melodies and flows and stuff. And I let the beat direct my writing. So I started writing the second he sent me that beat. Yeah. That's that's very impressive. Because, yeah, I know a lot of artists who have verses written already and they yeah. just, like, they find the right beat, the right tempo. They may have, like, the certain pacing that it's used for and then they just need to find the next beat that's right for that. Uh, and getting clearance isn't a whole nother issue. I, I mean, I noticed that you've got a few tracks on YouTube. I was listening to Dollar Van um, mm. and I was like, that sample on that is yeah. so nice. And I tried to find it on Spotify and then I saw that in description, it's only on YouTube and SoundCloud. Exactly. And I was like, it has to be to do with the sampling and getting exactly. the licensing on that. It was, it was, that's what it was. You know, I like that beat. That was like a, a, um, a 
cool dude uh, miles and i was I, I knew immediately when i heard the sample like oh this is not gonna sit well with like distribution but i just wanted to rap on it because at the end of the day i grew up on rapping on vinyls like i grew up on vocal samples before they took this stuff so serious bro i always looked as like vinyl cutting sampling and beats as like paying homage to these let people who passed away or are still alive like and i look at it as like an element of hip-hop so when they started like copywriting everything like even if you change up the t everything like they're still copywriting that really like made me sad you know what i mean so i just did that for the culture i was like i'm still gonna rap on it if it's not on streaming it is what it is at least the people who like really know me if they dig they'll find that so yeah yeah it's so weird because big labels will get licensing rights to bangers that have already seen success but mm -hmm. then when you're an artist who's trying to use a 70s soul track that has never seen success and you want to pay homage because for whatever reason it hits you or the sound works or it means something to you and you want to sample and it doesn't even sound like the song because the whole point of sampling is you take this little piece and you make it feel epic as opposed to use the whole song and you can't get rights to it it's so weird to me that that that's where we're at in terms of where hip-hop sits it's it's just really strange and i love a soul sample there is nothing better to me than a soul sample nothing. dude that's bro my life the story like the soundtrack to my life is like an old soulful jazz loop that's like the soundtrack it, like play that at my funeral man play a loop on repeat of <laughs> old singer or some like jazz drums and some saxophone or something that's like that's where it all starts for me man so where did you find vinyls first so yo when i was growing up i had like, a couple friends like close friends who were making beats they were getting vinyls from like thrift stores a lot there's also like there was like a couple in new york there was like a few vinyl shops we knew of but they usually were overpriced so we would be like um we used to call it mining crates because we go to thrift stores and they had those little box crates and we would just go through them and pick vinyls. So I would say thrift stores mainly um, growing up, you know what I mean, was what we were using. I always find it crazy, the samples that people pick. Yeah. To, like there's this Jeezy and Jay-Z song. Um, I forget what it's called off the top of my head, but it uses this 1979 Japanese sample. And I'm just like, where the fuck did you get that? Like, yeah. it is so specific and it sounds so amazing. I might have to send it to you after this. Um, but it it always, the, the whole thing of if I find a sample that is amazing, I'm always like, where is, where'd they get this? Mm. And I always have to find out. And the more strange and the more rare that it feels, the more impressed I always am because it's like, oh, you must have heard this just luckily and you had the ear to be like i gotta go find that or literally you were just watching a movie and you're like oh that little sound there's something there let me see if i can go find that like yeah, yeah. i'm always just so flabbergasted by their ability to do that yeah i think producers are very underrated <clears throat> and that's why i try to shout out a lot of the people i make music with like a lot of the song almost everything on my album is produced by like either a fan most of so the next album I'm dropping it's produced by a lot of like supporters of my music from Instagram and stuff um, that I've like, or like email or whatever. So I just try to, or like even my friends like that I grew up with, these are just beats from people I know because I just want to, I think like they're just not given enough shine and appreciation. Of course I could get a beat from a big producer or spend a lot of money, but forget all that, man. Like you need to give producers more love, you know, and pay your damn producers. Unless you have a cool relationship and they're fine with you not paying them, but if they ask for some money or whatever, you know, bless them where you can, man. They deserve it. So how is that relationship in terms of the one with the producer? Because artists will get royalties on any streams, for example. Yeah. But how does that work with the producer? Um. So I, what I've learned is every producer is different. You know what I mean? So like, some producers will like give you a beat and ask for like percent royalties and stuff like that <clears throat> of all the songs. I personally, when I talk to so a lot of the people I, I collab with are either my friends or like fans. 
So they're just like hyped that I'm even rapping on their beat because if I didn't even jump on the beat, it might just stay in their email. So they're so um, I'm not against giving like a percentage, but for me, it gets like I hate like the the trickiness of distributions and all this stuff. I'll be like, bro, I could either like pay you for the beat, you know what I mean, and you can sell it to whoever else. I don't care if people rap on the same beat as me. I like I buy a lease, and, or I could buy an exclusive if you want me to. Um, I'll give you credits. Most of the producers I collab with just want me to shout them out, man, and be in the video with me and just be, because they love my music. They're like, because I'm a genuine guy and, and I respect them and they respect me. Um, they're like serious business stuff of like, oh, I need X amount of percentage at this time and annual stuff. I don't really mess with people like that um, because it just affects how I approach the song. I like the song to come out organically and free. If I have all these stipulations and thinking like, oh, this could be this, I, I don't like that, you know. I like to just rap over beats where I can pay the producer, shout them out, show them some love, send them some other people from my fan base, and um, you know, keep on making good music. Yeah, it is. It is interesting though. I mean, I personally would always ask for royalties. That's always yeah. where my mind goes because that's long term how you can see the return on on your music. Because, but yeah. I think it, it obviously depends also on what artist you're collaborating with because the name of the artist can be enough to give you return on investment. Exactly. And also it's like an investment, right? It's like if I was a producer, if someone didn't want to give me royalties, but I knew they were going to be successful one day where I see their trajectory, where I believe in their art, I'm going to get to give them that beat because I know one day people are going to, they're going to get, become a bigger artist. People are going to go through the catalog hear my beat and just and want to find out about me, you know? So I think a lot of people that I'm guessing, I never really asked. It's a great question. I'm curious, but like, I think a lot of the people that connect with me and reach out to me, they see potential in my music. They see potential in my career and they know if they collaborate with me now that in the future, as I become a bigger artist, I'm going to bring them up with me, which is true. I have every plan as my career goes up to bring up all the producer homies and people I've met with me and that's what i'm trying to do with my next album you know what i mean like i have a lot of big big plans for this album promotion wise and everything and that's why i made sure to try to get all my friends placements on yeah i think that's a good way to go and it obviously makes a difference who reach out who reaches out to you exactly like if they're the ones to reach out to you it's yeah. different as opposed to if you reached out to them <laughs> yeah so there's a little bit of that in it as well yeah. People trying to make their name. I mean, you know, when I was looking through the catalog of, of your music and the collective's music, I was like, man, y'all are getting a lot of listens. Thank you. Like man. it's not it's not like you and I are talking, you've had like twenty streams a month. Like yeah. where you're in a really cool spot of like it feels like on the precipice of the next level. Dude, it's I love that you're saying that because like I never really talk about it, but internally, like I'm a very spiritual guy. I feel like I'm close to something. You know what I mean? Like close to like the next step, a breakthrough of some sort, but I don't let it phase me. I'm just working extra harder than I've ever worked before because I feel like my music, I haven't even shown my new music to people yet. Like only two people have heard my album, my new album, but the people, like, I just know that this music that I've made, like, I don't really know anyone who's making music like this at this time, you know, like, it's, it's just completely me, you know, and it's like polished. And I just feel like this might be the breakthrough. And even if it's not, I'm going to still keep on working, but it definitely has the potential to be like some next shit. There's always like, you just need enough water to break the dam. And it, it may not, it not may, this may not break the dam, but it also might. And yeah. you just know it's applying more pressure. Exactly. And just more pressure. And then at one day, and sometimes it's the most insignificant shit that does it. Like it's a photo of you just like, I don't know, eating a bagel or like, and then it just pushes you over the edge. And for whatever reason, that's what captures you. Or it's a, a random podcast like mine that pushes you over the edge. Um, but <laughs> no, 100%, bro, you're saying some real crazy facts because I've seen that happen, you know, like, even with us, our songs that did like millions and millions of views and like changed our career were the songs we least expected it to, that we made mad fast. And the songs we put a million investments in and time in, like did okay, you know? So it's always like what you least expect. So if you keep on chasing 
like a viral success or like chase that thing that's going to bring you to the next level, you might never find it. All so what what I do is I don't chase that. You know what I mean? I just work hard and put a lot of content out, and I know one thing or the other is going to hit and go crazy when it's time, when it's God's time. You know what I'm saying? So all I do is just keep on working, man. You know, that's that's all you can do. Can't chase that. Yeah. Yeah, I think chase the dream, but don't chase the immediate success of every project. And that's there's a big difference in those two things. It's cross the process and eventually you'll get there. But I think a lot of people get distracted by like, oh, I dropped one mixtape with four tracks on it. How come I didn't blow up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we think alike, man. We see very similar. I agree with you, man. That's how I, I tell this to people all the time. You know, the numbers, all the quick success. You can release something five years ago, five years later, it could go crazy. I've seen that happen too. So there's no time limit to this shit. Just keep on working. And don't be so discouraged when things don't get the reception that you would like. And I'm speaking to myself too. You know, there's shit I've worked really hard on that I thought should have done much better than it did. But at the same time, I'm building a legacy. I'm building a catalog. And if that wasn't meant to be, that's all good. Something else might be meant to be. And it goes back to you just learn the lesson that you needed to learn by doing that thing that you did. Like that's, that's, again, it's another opportunity for you to be, I thought it would land different and it's time for me to think about why it didn't land the way I wanted it to land. It may not even be about the music. It may be about how you promote it. It may be about the marketing and it might be about the music, but that's the whole point is you will never know until you drop shit and put shit out there and see, I've had episodes that don't do well. I've had clips that don't do well. And then I've had clips that do really well. And sometimes you don't know why they do well. And you're just like, well, I'll find out at some point yeah. and I'll try to figure this shit out. But yeah, I just think can't stop. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think people are too, like I tell people all the time, stop being passive with content. Stop overthinking it. Just do it. Just do it. You know, I tell myself this every day because like even for me, like I've got, I've come a lot, a long way. Like I've gone out of my comfort zone to make this music stuff work. I've done a lot of things that maybe I wasn't comfortable with, like um, visually or like promotion wise. But hey, like just do it, man. Stop thinking. You know what's the worst that's gonna happen? It flops. Okay, cool. There's tomorrow. Like just do. Yeah, it's thing. funny. What's the worst thing that happens? Ten people see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want oh, it to go yeah. big. Yeah. And then only 10 people see it and they're like, okay. It's because I, I go through the same thing. I'm in my head about putting myself out there and doing that kind of stuff. So I definitely feel that. And it just get you just build them. It's like building a muscle. Like it's training. You just get used to it. Um, but I know you've got a heart out at seven. So um, um, I, I got to like 304, 303. Got a few more minutes, man. All right. All right, we've got a few more minutes because I I do have uh, a tough question for you. It's my last question that I ask on the show. Go ahead. And I'm Go sure ahead. we'll find some, some other shit to talk about uh, <laughs> towards the end. But <laughs> if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music, can be any genre of music, what would it be? Oh man! Of like all time, or like just of them to have an appreciation of what of music in general. Just appre- the, like just an album you should appreciate. Everyone needs to listen to this at least once. I always preface it doesn't have to be the best album of all time. Okay, this is just an album you think everybody should take the time to listen to and appreciate because for whatever reason, whatever it means to you. I think, oh man, I, I would say just because of the sonics of it, I'm not saying it's the best album in the world, but I just think it's special is like a Kanye West graduation, I would probably say. Yeah, I think that's what I would say. It's so hard because I have so many other things that people should listen to, but I think graduation is really important, you know, to the culture. What makes you say that? Kanye, like, like- like, what is no, it to you? Man, it's just like, the, for me, like, 
you know, regardless of what people think of Kanye, like that time was very special for music and what what he did with the song, like with the type of beats he was choosing. He like he's coming from Chicago, like this he's been through a lot. Like the stuff he was rapping about, the way he his delivery on those songs, it kind of just showed, man, how you could be like a lyrical rapper with like real roots in hip hop and like making beats and also make something that could break through on like a mainstream level that people who never even listen to rap can appreciate. Like how he was flipping samples, like the hooks, like the he even played with song structure a lot. It kind of like, to me, it was really impressive because he he was just a rapper who like break the barrier in a way um, that's sonically. Like the stuff he's, like the beats he was choosing, you know, he's picking a lot of soulful stuff, but also like very, like things let me rephrase this. It's timeless. The music on that album is timeless. So 10 years, right now we could bump it. And if we never heard it, we would buy. 20 years from now, same thing. So I think that's why. So I say all that to say this simple statement. It's timeless music. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think Kanye's legacy for hip hop. Yeah. In especially now he's he's tarnishing his own reputation. And unfortunately, yeah. it's tarnishing what he's doing. Yeah. But that music and what he did for hip hop sonically, I cannot agree more. For the things that he was doing was almost revolutionary for the industry and for what was possible with creating beats and creating songs. Like it was its own genre in the weirdest way on its own. You can hear it and you're like, that's Kanye. Exactly. You, he had this unmistakable sound and. Yeah, the way he sampled, the way he chopped up songs, the way he put them together, and they were songs. They weren't just, like, filled with bars. They were yeah. legitimately songs that you could play for a mainstream audience, and it just took hip-hop to the next level. Like, Gold Digger? Like, yeah. Perfect, crazy. Yeah. Jesus Walks was played in the clubs. I know, And man. it's or talking about literally Jesus Walks. And it's played in, like, strip clubs. It's played in clubs. People hook up to that song. And it's so like it transcended boundaries of what was possible in terms of his music over that period of time. And yeah, I do agree that. And to me personally, he will always be a better producer than a rapper to me. Like he's, Ooh, yeah, that is it. my opinion. Like I think he is one of the best producers that ever, like his lyrics didn't encapsulate me the same way that his beats did. Mm, I, yeah, I th- I think that's a good way to say it because like he's not the most lyrical, lyrical rapper ever, but I think what made him good with lyrics is his delivery because he made those most of those beats. So when he was rapping on them, he just knew exactly what to say and how to say it. But if you're into like lyrical, miracle, like really seriously lyrical rappers, he's not up there in my opinion. But when it comes to song making, he's up there. You know, a lot of rappers can rap. Only a couple rappers can make a good song. You know what I mean? You know, that never a true word has ever been said. Yeah. That, yeah, a lot of rappers can rap. Not a lot of rappers can make good songs. And there is a, such a big difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So true, man. That's why I love 50 Cent because he knows how to make a fucking amazing hook. He just knows how to create great songs. Um, but, yeah, I think that that leaves a lot of people to be like, you better go back and not only just think about the lyrics, you got to think about how you're crafting your music. Exactly, man. I'm not impressed. Uh, when I was younger, I was impressed by like lyrical rappers, like punchlines, metaphors. And if you listen to my old music, you'll hear it. You'll hear like my lyrical stuff and metaphors and basically saying things to be impressive. I stopped that years ago because I, I got over the concept of trying to be the best lyrical rapper. I'll, once in a while, I'll, I'll, I'll get serious and write a bar if I have to, but I got more into becoming the best version of an artist, you know? And that's way more than knowing how to put bars together. That's It's much deeper than just saying a cool punchline. You got to be able to, there's a lot of factors that go into that, you know? Yeah, and each of their own artists. It's like what, whatever you want to be known for, be known for that. Yeah, so. yeah, no no diss to no lyrical rappers, yeah. man. Backpack rappers. I came from that. Like, I get it. I respect it. You know? Yeah, if you want to do that, keep on doing it, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's the lesson of the show is if yeah. you want to do it, keep on doing it. Don't quit. But, man, 
uh, <laughs> appreciate you you coming through. The one and only Josh alias came through. Um, obviously, make sure you check out the Urban Architects, uh, the collective, the the crew. Make sure you you check them out on IG, Spotify. They're all there. YouTube as well for some unreleased tracks. Same as SoundCloud. No regrets just came out, uh, and this podcast will properly drop after your album Faith has dropped. Um, so it would have come out December 22nd. So I'm going to say right now, go check it out. December 20, uh, faith is out now. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, it feels weird to do this before and then talk about it after, but, um, yeah, man, it must be extremely exciting. We're already in December. It's only what 21 days till it drops. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's exciting, man. We're going to do it though. Is there anything else you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out before we finish up? Nah, man. Thank you for your time. Check out my album. Check out the Instagram, Spotify, all that good stuff. And stay safe, man. Stay blessed. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.